Well, there we go. My very first one. And when you start out something, you go into it not having a freaking clue what you're going to do. Um, you just, uh, you're either, you're one of two kinds of people, I think, with these sort of thing. You either plan it out meticulously, whether you've got, where you've got all your details and all your notes and all your lists, or you just think, oh, this sounds like fun. Hit the record button and off to the races we go. Okay. Well, apparently I'm off to the races because I just found this and uh, I've tried doing live broadcasts. I have done um, um, uh, a little bit on YouTube, not a whole lot. Um, and then I found this and thought, you know, this sounds like a great deal of fun. And so there you go. So to introduce myself, my name is Nancy, um, Nancy Stanford. Yep, like the university. And uh, I'm a writer. Um, I am also a mother, a grandmother, a, uh, a, a crocheter, which if you're in the crocheting community, you're called a hooker. Don't even start. <laughs> um, I'm a crafter. I love crafts. I am a tree hugger from way back. Uh, an old flower child from, you know, back then. I am an absolute lover of music, mu movies. I love movies of all sorts. Um, love music of most sorts, too. Although I will have to uh, preface that with uh, with the fact that I don't do rap, okay? Hip-hop, rap, I, I don't get it. Maybe that's the reason I don't like it. But, you know, that's another thing. Everybody's got their own thing, right? We've all got to like, we, we've all got to have our own uh, interests or we become extremely boring. No two people have to like all the same things. There you go. That's one lesson. Um, what else am I? As I said, I'm a writer. I mainly write fiction, but I do from time to time do personal essays. Um, I do speak before groups from time to time, uh, on common sense, uh, life lesson type things. You know, uh, just, uh, okay, let's put it this way. I've been around the block three or four times, okay? I'm 21 times a couple, three, okay, three or so. So I'm not a kid. I'm not, you know, new to this whole, you know, adulting thing. I've been to it, through it and back again. And uh, through that, and through study, through research, which is another one of my things, um, I've learned a few things. I've learned um, a lot about how you should live your life, a whole lot about what you shouldn't do to live your life. Um, and I've, you know, just come up with things that I've learned in life, um, as I said, and I use that to try and pass on a little bit of what I've learned to help the next person maybe not make the, the same bad choices or same bad decisions or mistakes, whatever you want to call them. I personally think that if you do something that you shouldn't probably have done, but you learn from it, it's not really a mistake. It may be a bad choice or a decision, but not a mistake because you did learn. Now, 
saying you learn from something is great, but you have to live that lesson as well. So if you've learned somewhere along the way that it's not really a good idea to steal, but you keep doing it, you no, 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 you're still you're still a thief. So just, you know, go with it. Hang it up, try again, as they say. Um this being, like I said, this being my first broadcast and uh, just winging it, as I have a tendency to do, uh, I have no which I have no idea which direction this is going. Um, let me see. I do, as I said, I'm a writer. I do have two books on the market. Uh, you can find them at Amazon.com. Uh, they are the first two books in the Letters to Sarah series. Um, it is, um, it is an epistolary collection. Um, and if you don't know that word, first of all, it'd be a good idea to grab a dictionary and look it up. And, you know, anytime you don't know what a word means that, you know, a dictionary comes in really handy. But I will say my books are written entirely in the form of letters. Um, the first book starts in the year 1910. It goes through the end of 1919. It tells the story of a young girl who is 14 when we begin, who undergoes some tragedy in her family life. <laughs> and she chooses to cope with it by writing letters to her sister Sarah as if instead of passing away, she has simply moved far, far away. It's her way of trying to adjust and cope. So what we have are a huge collection of letters, as I said, to Sarah, her sister. And Mary, our, our main character, tells about her own life and what happens in her life from year to year. And... But we, but she also explains to us about uh, whatever is going on in the world around her. And that happening in the world around her is our actual history. Which I will tell you, just between you and me and the fence post, that took research for about 25 years. So, uh, and it's ongoing. It's an ongoing thing. So, as I said, book one covers till the end of 1919. Book two covers the 1920s, and as I said, it covers Mary's life, her family, what's happening with her, and but it also covers the actual history of the world uh, during those years. Book three is in the process of being written at the moment, and it's here on my desk um, in a mess, but in the process. It will cover the 1930s. And if you know anything at all about history, you know what is beginning to happen in Europe, in Germany. And so things are getting real um, and not real pretty, as you might say. So we have book three in the process. Um, but as I said, books one and two, Letters to Sarah, they are both available on Amazon you can order them through your favorite bookseller. They are not uh, automatically in the bookstores um, because it's, it, it is not widely published. I, I went smaller for my own reasons. Um, I like it that way. 
but if you're interested in history at all, it's not a girly, girly, chick flick sort of kind of book. Although, you know, yes, my character is female, my main character, but it's not one of those lovey-dovey, smoochy, sappy things. And I had a 14-year-old boy tell me, he was amazed. He read it. He was amazed. He said, it's not just for girls. So take that into consideration. Um, check it out. Check it out. I, I, I think you'll be a little bit surprised. It's a very easy read. They're not big, thick books. Um, I wanted, wanted them to be accessible. I wanted them to be interesting. And I wanted them to be um, fairly easy to read um, so that you know, you don't get bored and put it down and never finish it because I want Mary's story and our story to be out there. I'm also in the very beginning process of processes of writing a children's book. Um, I have no name for it yet. I haven't figured out exactly what the right name would be for this, but I will try to keep this, this podcast thing going and, and keep you updated um, on the progress of the writing projects. Now, as I said, I'm also a crocheter. Uh, that is a, that is my side business. Um, I, I didn't start out that way. It's funny how, uh, how something that you just enjoy doing sort of begins to take over. I've been crocheting since I was nine. And believe me when I tell you that was a long time ago. But in the recent years, I have been challenging myself with different patterns, different stitches, um, different styles, different things to crochet. I go moving from scarves and hats and blankets, I've gone to making stuffed animals and and uh, creatures and whatever. And somewhere along the way, it took off, I started getting orders for these things. And now, uh, that is my business. I, I, I do this. Um, I'm always crocheting and my house looks like uh, a yarn store exploded in it. Uh, there it's everywhere. And I like it because there's something, there's something soothing about the textures that of the textiles, the yarn, the colors, um, the feel of it, the the act of taking something as simple as a skein of yarn and making something unique and brand new and out of it and something that will mean something to somebody. And I have done that. And that there's something about that that really touches your soul. So that... That brings me to to the thought of uh, something that I've always tried to express in my talks, um, in my appearances before groups and such. Every single one of us has a talent, every one of us. And sometimes I hear people say, well, I really don't do anything. Well, yeah, you do. You You really do. Because let me tell you something. I write, I like to craft, and I and I crochet. I know someone who is very artistic 
and she can work with yarn. She can work with clay. Um, it doesn't matter. She is extremely talented in that area. I know, uh, I, I have a daughter who is a, a, uh, a, a stylist. She does hair and she is magical with it. She, she's just so talented. Um, you know, mother, motherly, um, what do you call it? Uh, um, motherly attitude aside, you know, I'm not objective. I'm not very objective, but at the same time, I know good work when I see it. Okay. And my other daughter is a makeup artist. And when I say artist, I'm not kidding. I have never seen anyone able to train, you know, outside Hollywood, obviously, but just with the most, in the most simple fashion, she can transform someone to where I, I don't, I hardly have words to express it. It's, she's magical. That's my, that's my going word right at the moment, I suppose. Um, it's, it's, it's some, it's an art. It's a, it's a talent that I never gained. I, like I said, in the beginning, I was a, a, a flower child back in the day and everything for me was natural and, uh, makeup was not one of those things. I never got into it, never cared about it. Uh, still don't, uh, if I'm wearing makeup, it's only because I'm, I'm having an, I'm making an appearance somewhere and, you know, you want to be, you know, you, you want to look a little better anyway, but, um, she's, she, she's an absolute artist. The, the, the title makeup artist is, is exactly appropriate. Um, other people have, have, there, there are so many different kinds of talents that people don't realize, um, my son is can do research like nobody's business. I don't I don't know how he finds some of the things he finds. So when I need something, I call him. Um, but that's just that's just us. I know people who who have a talent for cooking, have a talent for baking. They they it's they just create things that are just out of this world. I know people who have a talent for cleaning and you're, and I know I, I, I get it. You're chuckling. You're going, Oh God, cleaning. Well, let me tell you something. Every one of us has something that touches our soul, that touches something in us that makes us feel complete, makes us feel fulfilled. I have a friend who we had a discussion about hobbies one time and I asked her what she did. She says, I clean. And if you know me, you know I'm not a domesticated sort. Um, I clean the house so that it's not gross. I cook so I don't starve. I do laundry so, you know, because you have to. But I'm not a, the domesticated sort of person where I just, I'm cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. Well, my friend is. That's what she does. That's what fulfills her. Um, whether you... Um, clean, whether you cook, whether you bake, how about working on a, on an automobile? That is totally beyond me. Now, when I was growing up, it was a lot easier. And my dad taught me how to change tire, change the oil, your, your basic stuff. And I 
probably could do those things now, but automobiles have changed. Vehicles have changed so much that everything is on the computer now. Um, and it just changes so much. I, I still know how to check my oil. I would know how to change the the tire, but I'm not strong enough to undo the lug nuts anymore. So, <laughs> you know, thing, these things happen. But working on an automobile, to me, that is a very big thing. That is that is such a talent that comes naturally to some people. Um, flying an airplane. Um, gardening. Oh my gosh, I love to put out uh, the flowers I you know in my on my balcony and and I, I grow tomatoes out there sometimes and I I just I love growing things because I I like to call myself a green witch because I I feel such a a a a, a connection with growing things. And uh, my house is full of it, and uh, I love them. They're they're my pets, you might say, because I don't have a cat or dog or a fish or you know hamster or a you know whatever else. I don't have a rhinoceros running around here. Uh, no pets, but I have my house plants that grow and give me a great deal of joy. Um, there are people who. In the crafting world, they build doll houses, or they build dog houses, or they they just create. Uh, I, I was looking at uh, uh, at a at a at an article recently where this man had taken this burned out uh, tree, and and most of the tree was gone, but it had this. Uh, it was up to about seven eight feet tall, and he carved into that. A, a part of a grandfather clock and then finished it off and it looked like an actual real working clock with flames coming up from behind, behind around it. The First of all, the concept was genius. Second of all, the institution of, you know, of, of creating that from the concept and making it real it just it blew my mind. It's so it, it's it's not some something. It's not a way that the that everybody's brain works. Um, I have a friend who's a librarian, and she is exceptional, and she knows you any book you want. She knows it. She's read it. She's heard of it. She knows where it's at. She can. She just the smell of books is her her perfume. You might say. Um, I have a friend who made a career of travel. Um, I have friends in the arts, uh, in the theater, in, and that is their heart and soul. Um, I know people who are, are landscape artists. And you have to call it that because doing something well, doing something exceptional takes an art. It is an art. I don't care if you're cooking, cleaning, mowing the grass, um, uh, changing the oil, whether you are, I don't, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you are giving it 110% and you're doing your level best at it and it makes you happy, then it's right. 
it's absolutely right. And there, and there you go. Um, there's so many things. And, but when you think you have no talent, think about what you do during your day. Think about what gives you satisfaction. Think about what makes you feel complete. Think about what you strive for to, to accomplish. And then you will understand what your talent may be. Um, but everybody has one. Absolutely everybody has one. And, and to think otherwise is to, to belittle yourself a little too much. And there you go. That's, that's my whole, that's my whole thing. Talk about that. Um, as far as these podcasts go, these, this is a cool, cool thing for me because, well, I like to say I have a face, but, um, most suited for radio. Like I've heard radio people say, um, I may not exactly have a voice for it. Who knows? But on the podcast, I can spread my message. I can uh, spread my lessons, my words, my thoughts. Um, you can listen, not listen. I hope you will. I hope you will decide that it's worth checking in next time. I, I am one of those people. I don't. I, I'm not detail like like on a schedule. Uh, I'm not stuck to a schedule, so I can't tell you exactly when I will be back. So you're going to have to, I think, go to my, to my page and, and just go through it, you know, um, knock yourself out. I will try to do this at least every couple of days. Um, I am, I work from home, so see, you know, it shouldn't be too difficult, right? Um, but as I said, I will, I will try to make this a semi-regular sort of kind of thing, maybe, hopefully. Um, but I make no promises because if the writing muse uh, hits me, all else falls by the wayside. And if you are a writer or an artist, you understand that because the muse comes when the muse feels like coming and you have to take it or you lose it. So... Um, here I am at uh, nearly 5.30 in the morning and I've been up for three hours because, yeah, the muse wakes me out of a dead sleep and there you go. But that's okay. You work from home, you get you get the little, you know, that little trick going. Um, I will ask that you send a lot of positive energy my way today um, for a family member. Um, it's, you know, just hoping everything goes cool. And for any of you out there who are facing troubles, facing, um, really unhappy, uh, if you're facing depression, if you're facing anxiety, if you're facing, um, scary, scary days, I want you to remember something. Right to the second, you have a 100% success rate, a 100% survival rate. It's been really, really hard for you at times. I get that because I live in that world too. But we get through it. We find ways and we make it. 
If it gets so bad and you're really scared, please reach out and talk to someone because there is always someone there. If you have to call a hotline, if you have to call your doctor, if you have to call your uh, your minister or your rabbi or your priest, whatever, if you have to call, if you have to call the emergency room at the hospital, if you have to call your neighbor, I, it doesn't matter. But talk to someone. Get it out. Because you matter to someone. I absolutely guarantee it. You may feel alone. You may feel stressed. You may feel lost. But I absolutely guarantee there is someone out there who cares for you. And cares what happens to you. How do I know this? Because I'm one of them. I'm a person who cares about what happens to you. I don't have to know you. I don't have to see you. I don't even have to talk to you. But I care about you because we are on this planet together. We are brothers and we are sisters. We have to look out for each other. Okay? Two things. Two things before I end. And if you've ever heard any of my, my talks, you'll already know about this. Very first thing I want you to do, be kind. This world is in a hellacious place. It seems to get more scary every day. What we have to do is start being kind to one another. And it begins with you. It begins with me. You be kind to one person and pass it on. Just be kind. It doesn't cost you anything. It takes little to no effort. Open the door for someone. Say thank you if they open the door for you. And finally, my people, smile. A smile can change the world. I guarantee it. A smile can change someone's life. I'm telling you this because it changed mine. I suffer from depression most of my adult life. And I hit a place at one point a few years back where I was so down and lost, I didn't think there was any way out. And I happened to be at a store looking down as I always did because you never look up and meet anybody's eyes when you feel like that. But I looked up because I saw feet coming towards me and I didn't want to run into this person. And when I looked up, this woman looked at me and gave me the most beautiful, sincere smile I had ever seen. Her whole face lit up when she smiled. I don't know who she was. I've never known who she was. I probably never will. But that woman with that smile changed my life. Every single time I started feeling like crap after that, I remembered that smile and I remembered that there was somebody out there who could put out just that little bit of sunshine. It was not totally dark out there because that woman was out there somewhere. Other people like her are out there. Just smile. You don't know what battles that next person is fighting. They don't know what battles you're fighting. Just smile. Okay? So be kind and smile and love your neighbor just as you love yourself. Okay? And like I said, I will try to do this on a semi-quasi sort of kind of regular basis. We'll have to see how it goes. But just kind of check in from time to time and we'll see how, how this 
whole thing just works out. From time to time, I may actually have a guest. You never know. That could be fun because I ask really off-the-wall questions, all right? So you take care, be kind, and smile. Bye. Hi there. Here we are at the, the second episode of Shades of Life, which is what I call it because I will probably touch on a little bit of everything as we go along in these broadcasts. Um, part of today I'm going to call um, 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 just a little bit of shameless self-promotion. Um, if you see my profile, you know my name is Nancy L. Stanford, and I'm a writer. And I mainly write fiction, and for my self-promotion, shamelessly, I have written, I'm working on a series, a book series, and the first two are complete. They are published. They are available on Amazon.com. They are called Letters to Sarah, and, and as I said, books one and two are available on Amazon. You can also have your favorite bookseller order them. They are independently published because after going through the whole mess, trying to get things straightened out and, 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 and situated, that's where I decided to go. And I've been very pleased with that, that decision. Um, letters to Sarah is written completely in the form of letters. And let me kind of expand on that just a touch. Um, my main character is Mary. And when book one begins, it is the year 1910, and Mary is, is 14 years old. Mary lives in a Midwestern town with her father, her mother, and her sister, Sarah, who is two years older. And without giving away uh, a great deal. I will say that the very first thing that happens in book one is that Sarah, the older sister, uh, dies from a case of pneumonia. So Mary, um, and you have to understand that in 1910, families were very insular. We did not have, they did not have the, uh, the, the vast social networks, uh, vast, uh, collection of friends that we have now, they were very, very more uh, family-oriented. So, Mary's sister, her best friend, has gone. And she, of course, is devastated. So Mary decides, and she, she thinks that until she's able to adjust to the loss and to cope with it, she's going to write letters to Sarah as though she has simply moved far, far away. Well, I can tell you that even though she does learn to cope and adjust with the loss, she continues to write the letters. And in those letters, we learn about Mary and, of course, her fictional family. Mary, of course, is fiction. But also, we are going to hear, you're going to see about... Um, our actual history as it is happening at that particular time. So book one covers the, the years of 1910 through the end of 1919. Book two 
covers the 1920s. I am presently working on book three. It covers the 1930s, and if you know anything about history, you know that there's a great deal going on in Europe and Germany at that time. Let's just put it this way. Stuff's getting real, okay? So I'm in the middle, like I said, I'm in the middle of writing book three, and hopefully in the next few months we will have book three ready for you to purchase. Um, I would greatly appreciate uh, if you do go on Amazon to check it out. Um, if you decide to purchase it, which I really hope you will, because it's a wonderful story, even if I do so so myself, it is an easy read. Um, I had a 14-year-old boy tell me that he loved it and that it wasn't just for girls. So accept that too. If you do go on Amazon, please leave a comment. Please leave um, a, a, a review. Uh, the more of those I get, the the better it is for my Amazon life, <laughs> you might say. Okay, Letters to Sarah by Nancy L. Stanford. And I would appreciate very much if you would check that out for me. Um, I'm also... I'm also in the early, very early stages of working on a children's book, so uh, I will I will update as that goes along. That's that's a little bit um, uh, it's a little bit different from what I've been writing, um, and but it's it's something that's coming. You know, if you're if you're creative in any way, you know that the muse grabs you, and you have no choice but to follow. Well, that's the way it is for writing for me. I write. For the same reason I breathe, as Isaac Asimov uh, said, if I didn't, I would die. And I also love crafting and, and just creating in general. And when I get a, a, the muse strikes me for those things, whether it's writing or crochet or it's uh, sketching or whatever it is, I have to go with it. You know, I can't sit still until I've at least tried it. So, there you go. Um, like I said, Letters to Sarah by Nancy L. Stanford. Check it out on Amazon. Uh, have your local bookseller order it for you. Um, and then please leave a review. Okay? Okay. That's my shameless self-promotion. My other thing is, I am, I am literally down to my, to my, the, the nubs of my fingers into the baseball playoffs um, because we are like, you know, that close. My personal team, and I'm not, t I'm not telling, you know, I, I, at some point I probably will. But right now, I can only tell you that my team has to win the last game of the season tomorrow in order to head to postseason. And I am literally biting my fingernails, which if you knew me well, you would know that's not a smart thing to do. And, but it's making me crazy. I love baseball, like, insanely. And uh, I, I always have. I always have. My uncle uh, played in the Texas Leagues back in the 1940s. And uh, he, he pretty much, he pretty much immersed me in baseball at a very, very young age. And it took hold. And it has been a passion ever since. So there you go. 
Uh, my favorite all-time player, I will share this with you, Nolan Ryan. No big surprise there, I should think. Um, but I, I will say I don't, I'm not only a major fan of his because of what he did on the field. Let's face it, seven no-hitters is pretty darn good. But for the person that he's always been off the field, and that always mattered to me. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why some players, even though they are massively successful on the field, they can be really jerks otherwise. And if, when they do that, they lose me. I Because to me, a person's character is the most per important thing. Whether it's sports, whether it's politics, whether it's just your basic next-door neighbor, your character says everything about you. Um, I, I, and, I, and I've been trying to, make, to pass that message along as I go. Um, I've had, I had a period where I did live broadcasts and, and I kind of got away from it because I got busy. Um, but these, the, the podcast here is so much simpler for somebody who's always seems to be hectic, which is me. <laughs> and so that's, that's where we stand. Um, I answered a post on Facebook recently from someone who was, ready to just hang it up because their opinions and and their their just their general opinions about things seemed to draw um shall we say highly negative results and whether or not I agree with this person on everything doesn't even matter but what I told this person was the most important thing in this life is to try to be the best version of yourself that you can possibly be. To challenge yourself to improve, to, to move forward. Uh, challenge yourself to something bigger, something better, something harder. Um, and it doesn't matter what that is. You know, it, it just in everyday life, the most important thing for me, is to be able to face that person in the mirror. When you get up in the morning and you go in, you know, to brush your teeth and wash your face, you look in that mirror, are you proud of that person and the life that they're living? Before you go to bed at night and you're doing all your last minute things and you look up in that mirror, are you proud of what that person did with their day? You know, did that person in the mirror purposely insult anyone or hurt anyone? If you can say no, then good on you. Because you have to be, I mean, it is very simple. You really seriously just have to be proud of that person that you see. Now, I also told this person, now you'll forgive me because I don't usually use, um, uh, shall we say, colorful terms or language, but sometimes something, you know, kind of requires it to a point. But I told this person, they're, they're, they were upset because their opinions were lessened by other people's opinions, or they were made to feel like their opinions did not matter. And I simply told them, opinions are like buttholes. Everybody 
has one, and they should all pretty much be kept private. You know, it, it it's important to offer your opinion, but if you're going to, please do it in a polite, considerate manner. And always, always, always remember that that person next to you also has an opinion and it is every bit as important and valid as yours. There is no reason whatsoever to get in a fight or an argument because you don't share the same opinion. I can tell you right now, in the political arena, my son and I are miles apart. We are pretty much polar opposites. But each of us respect that fact that the other person feels the way they feel. We don't, we can't possibly all feel the same way. You know, if we did, this world would be deadly boring. And I, there's no telling where we'd end up. But it's just important in the, we've got such a weird, weird, crazy feeling in this, in this world now. It's, it's gotten so ugly and so hurtful. And it seems like people believe that they've get, been given permission to be hurtful and to be cruel to, to others. And that's not so. It is absolutely not true. You do not have the right to condemn someone because they don't agree with you. You do not have the right to put someone down because, so they don't, because they don't agree with you. You don't have that right. None of us do. So just remember that and remember that it's our differences of opinion that make us interesting. And sometimes it makes us hysterical. I, <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously. So that's my preachy preachy for the, for the day. I think, um, we, I'm, I'm, I'm so immersed in 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 the base the end of the season for baseball and I am I I crochet as a side business because it started out as a hobby and 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 so many people wanted what I was making that it just suddenly became a business when I wasn't looking and I have a great deal of projects that I have to complete for Christmas so um I'm sidetracked there so the writing of book three, as I mentioned before, has kind of been a slow go. I am, I promise I'm getting to it. I promise I will finish it. And I promise there will be at least one more book after that. I'm hoping for at least book five. So we'll see how things go, right? But please go out, um, look for book, uh, you know, ask for book one to start. See what you think. Um, and let me know, uh, as far as that, I hope you're all enjoying this, this early fall. Uh, I don't know where you live, but for me, a week ago this time, my air conditioner was on and now I am putting on my fuzzy slippers because it's cool and it's wonderful. It's beautiful out. Um, we've got the holidays coming up. Um, just remember the reasons for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, you know, um, if that's, if that's what you believe. Um, but overall, the message I always want to, to send and the message I, I always want to share 
and have you really hear and take to heart is that no matter what, no matter what, you must be kind. We, people, my, my dears, we all live on this one tiny little rock called Earth. We're all, I mean, if you look at it from above, you're not going to see borders and you're not going to see divisions. You're just going to see this beautiful planet. We all live here and we all have to live here together. If we are constantly arguing and fighting and hating on each other, we, it gets us nowhere. It gets us absolutely nowhere. Is that the type of life that you want? Is it the type of life that you want for your children or your grandchildren? It's not the life I want for mine. So all I ask, we can't change the world at large, but we can change our little corner of it with a very easy action. Just please be kind to the person next to you. Whether you know them or not doesn't matter. It's... It's just, um, open a door for someone. Say thank you when they open the door for you. If you see somebody drop something, pick it up and hand it to them. And people smile. I see so many people walking along. First of all, they're buried in their phone. And they don't even notice the world around them. And that breaks my heart because there's nothing more beautiful than what we have around us. So please be kind and remember to smile. Look at what's around you. Look at what you've been given. This world is a gift. It's an absolute gift. So please enjoy it while you can. Spread that joy. Spread the kindness. And please smile. Okay? Now, that's it. I think I've just kind of blurted everything I felt. One thing um, that I do want to make absolutely clear because the subject came up in 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 a in a in a group where I was I was speaking um I am not a doctor I'm not a psychologist in any way shape or form everything I know everything I feel about psychology about social interaction about relationships about personal growth all of it is gained by experience, by research, and by study. I'm not certified in any way, shape, or form. So please don't think that anything I have to say is gospel. It is not written in stone. It is, for the most part, uh, just how I have learned to look at something. Okay? So, with that said, with all of that, um, Letters to Sarah by Nancy L. Stanford. Uh, let's see, where else? Uh, to, para to uh, you know, just kind of um, paraphrase the whole talk. Um, the next thing, okay, baseball. We're headed right down to it, and, and, and hopefully we don't all bite our fingernails off by the end of it. Um, hopefully your team is doing well and not just grinding down to the last minute like mine. And be kind. That's it, my loves. Be kind and smile those beautiful smiles. I'm here to tell you from personal experience that that one sincere smile can change someone's life. And I'll talk about that again at another time. Okay? You take care. 
Enjoy and be kind.